Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I am Weira, god of the new world. Uh... Happy day five of spoopy month to you, my darling Raven Kay. Babe, what you doing? Wishing upon you a marvelous, magnificent, morally gray day. Morally gray? As in you're not sure what's right and wrong? Are you okay, Warren? Okay? I'm better than okay, Kay. I am a god, Kay. A god! And I will be the god of the new world! We are living in a great time, Kay. It's a great time to be alive! (sighs) Babe, seriously, have you snapped? Or do I need to snap you upside the head and then kiss it better? Try at your own peril, my darling Raven. But you will be the queen of a god of the new world. It's okay, my queen. I was also stunned to silence and disbelief when I first discovered my new power. However, I will make it a point to be a merciful god. Normal humans can't see the intricacies of the infinite through their limited lives and narrow perspectives. They need to be moved, guided towards a proper action. That's where I will come in. I just, I, What the fuck? When I took out the trash before returning to the house to speak with our marvelous followers. Listeners. Listeners, babe. There are listeners. Not followers. Not followers. Well, I mean, some of them follow, but... I stumbled across a pad of sticky notes that plummeted out of the sky. I looked down. I looked around and saw nothing. And naturally, in my ignorant state, I picked them up. Curious of the item birthed forth through the sky by the inevitability of probability. I see now. I was chosen, Kay. I was chosen by the cosmos to be its harbinger of change, its dawning light, its transcendent force. For upon the sticky notes was written, Death Nope. The pages that followed revealed to me my destiny. Death Nope, writing your name upon a note and placing it upon your person will grant you protection from death. Write your name, peel off note, stick to self, enjoy immortality. Immortality. From a sticky note. Warren, are you taking anything I should know about? Your disbelief is understandable, my queen. But once I placed the freshly written and peeled paper upon my person, I felt different, powerful, complete. Huh. Babe? Do you still have these magical sticky notes? Of course, my queen. Such an object of incomprehensible power cannot be left out in the open. I want you to join me in ruling this world as an immortal god. Babe, there's nothing magical about these. They're just sticky notes written with a marker. I understand your hesitance, my queen. But once you have written your name and placed one upon your person, you will see. Ah! 
What are you doing? Ah! Stop! Ah! I'm a god now! Repeat after me. I will not do stupid shit. I will not do stupid shit. I will not claim to be a god. I will not claim to be a god. I will not subjugate humanity. I will not subjugate humanity. I will tell our nice listeners about this week's show. I will tell our nice listeners about this week's show. Now, (laughs) let's try that again. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm not a god. Babe. Uh, Also, I'm musically challenged. In today's episode, we're doing something a little different, as I, Warren, the totally not a god, investigates how a popular manga from the land of the rising sun became an international sensation and ultimately wound up in its logical conclusion. Live theater. That's right, Warren. You're taking the reins of this show, possibly for the last time. So peel that yellow paper off your forehead and tell our wonderful listeners about this week's show. Yes, Kay, my darling raven. Hello, fine listeners, and welcome to the show, let's call it. This is the point of the show where I tell the fine audience members that this episode you are about to experience is no normal episode. This is an episode of Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse, the likes of which you have never wrapped, nor may ever again wrap your ears around. (laughs) Warren is here, and he's in charge. I am a nerd, unlike Kay. A different nerd. A darker, more disturbed, a generally disturbed nerd. (laughs) And as you may have gathered, this week's show is on the anime adaptation, or the adaptation of the anime, Death Note. (laughs) So we'll get right into these notes that I have prepared that are totally, totally not about what happened earlier. Death Note, or Desu Noto, was written by Tsugami Oba and illustrated by Takeshi Obata, and had its first appearance in the weekly Shonen Jump manga magazine, where it received astounding acclaim from both audiences and critics, who praised the intriguing story for its intense morally gray plot and mature handling of complex themes like influence of power on justice or the perception of justice. Shonen Jump, uh, Shonen Jump, Shonen Jump, which as different you, from Shonen Jump, different from Shonen Jump, which as you probably already know, Kay, as well as most people with a vague passing knowledge of what manga is, have probably heard of Shonen Jump at one point or another. From my understanding, it's where a lot of really popular anime first made their appearances. The comics were thick like phone books and printed on pages similar to paper found in phone books. I've only read a handful of manga myself, cause. There was always things I wanted to spend my money on more. You know, <laughs> cocaine, hookers, party boats, just living the rock star lifestyle. Uh, babe? No, oh, it's just, it's a joke. It's not totally, okay. it's not totally, uh, something still suffering in my brain from picking up a possibly magical sticky note. The Death Note manga ran on Shonen Jump magazine from December of 2003 to May of 2006. 
the 108 chapters released through Shonen were compiled between April of 2004 and July of 2007 into 12 Tenkoban volumes, Tenkoban being defined as the Japanese term for a book that is complete in itself and is not part of a series. These 12 volumes, as of April 15, 2015, have since sold over 30 million copies. I mean, if you want to boil that 30 million down to its logical value, it's like two and a half million copies of the complete series were sold, so it's slightly <laughs> less impressive, says the guy who's not accomplished that feat. But hey, if you think that joke was condescending towards the humble beginnings of what could be arguably called a global phenomenon, let me remind you that those 2.5 million seeds were nurtured by the love of those Japanese nerds, and I can't thank them enough for it, because their love for those seeds sprouted and flowered a forest of amazing productions, as well as a haunted wood of fall-on-your-face failures. And we owe it all to those dedicated manga readers. And to the Tutu crew, of course. <laughs> we can't forget them since they made it. But that is their name now, the Tutu crew. Because their initials are T-O-T-O. I am fucking hilarious. Your, your adorable laughter almost makes up for the vicious pummeling you gave me earlier. <laughs> with sticky notes it couldn't have hurt that bad <laughs> i'm a delicate sensitive flower um in 2006 death note was nominated for the best manga award from the american anime awards or triple a not to be confused with triple a or aa although i suppose if someone were under the influence of too much a and operated a motor vehicle on their way to get the latest death note manga it's possible they could have crashed or slid off the road at which point if they had triple a they could call and get a lift so they could still pick up their manga this episode is brought to you by triple a which would still likely result in a dui or dwi after which they'd have to attend aa although through triple a to get their triple a nominated manga <laughs> a light novel or novella based on the series was written by Nisio Eason and distributed in 2006 as well. Just as you might expect, Kay, after having a hit run on a popular platform like Shonen Jump, Death Note moved to the animated realm. Developed by Madhouse and directed by Tetsuro Ar Araki, the anime ran from October 3rd, 2006 to June 26th of 2007. My birthday! Yeah. With 37 episodes in total. Madhouse has done a lot of stuff, but the only thing that I've... The only thing they've done that we've both seen is One Punch Man. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was looking up earlier, they've done other... The other anime that I've seen of theirs uh, that I still want you to see is Trigun. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of them that I was like, have not seen, have not seen, have not seen. Mm -hmm. But they're a good studio. In 2007, the Death Note anime was uh, one of the series to win Best TV Anime at the Tokyo International Anime Fair. In 2007, a survey conducted by the Ministry of Culture in Japan named Tone Death, or <laughs> named Tone Death, named us. They named us we, this? We were honored in 2007 before we even created this podcast. Before we even met. Before we even met. Holy crap. That's just how powerful our destiny is. Man. Uh, let's try that again. In 2007, a survey conducted by the Ministry of Culture of Japan named Death Note. <laughs> 
10th place among the best manga of all time. Death Note was also nominated in 2007 for the Takezu Osumao Cultural Prize, as well as the first three volumes of Death Note being placed on the American Library Association's 2007 Great Graphic Novels for Teens Top 10 list. Damn. So yeah, for that, uh, that last one, that's actually a little scary to me, but it <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah, but it makes perfect <laughs> sense since the series is pretty angsty. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2008, the series won the Eagle Award for Favorite Manga as voted on by fans of the United Kingdom. Fans in the United Kingdom, not voted on by fans of the United Kingdom. Those would be very different. They, they do somewhat interlap, though not interlap. Overlap. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> they do somewhat overlap, but not all people who are in the United Kingdom are actually fans of the United Kingdom. It's a lot well. like the United States. Not everybody yes. living in the United States is a fan of the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> as well as receiving an official selection in the Angolame International Comics Festival in Europe. The artist for Death Note, Takeshi Obata, was nominated for Best Penciler slash Inker at the Eisner Awards in the United States in 2008 as well. Wow. In 2009, Shonen determined through sales that Death Note was the third most profitable manga property coming out of North America at the time. The Death Note series also had various video games published by Konami and released on the Nintendo DS. The series was also adapted into three live-action films which were released in Japan. The first film, simply titled Death Note, released June 17th of 2006. The second film, Death Note, The Last Name, released November 3rd of 2006. The third film, L, Change the World, released February 2nd of 2008. A Japanese television miniseries, Death Note New Generation, was released in 2015, and a fourth live-action film, Death Note Light Up the New World, was eventually released in 2016. On August 24th, 2017, Netflix released oh. an animated, an American adaptation of the Japanese property, simply Jesus. titled Death Note. I have not seen it, and, well, uh. we have not seen it, but I have heard it was not received well by Western audiences. However, after doing this research, I think we might need to track down some movies and have a marathon, if only so we can say that we've seen them. I wouldn't mind that, because I actually really liked the anime, so... I did, too. Yeah. Uh, I know that it's... We'll talk about it later. There's some, there's some contentious points of view regarding the anime as really? with yeah, as with anything else in the fucking world but uh the hair color's wrong sorry <laughs> thinking about full metal alchemist oh oh i was uh, you said that it made me think about bleach why is his hair orange that's oh, that's what you're focused on not the characters with boobs as big as their whole bodies it's not the, the episode that's 10 minutes of the one character eating anyway <laughs> Maybe we'll do a mini-episode that's just anime rants. That'll be our, either our most downloaded or least downloaded episode ever. This media, uh, this media, written words, and printed pictures, hand-drawn animation, and live-action movies, this media, this is fine and all, but you know, you know why we're here. Yeah. Is it okay? We're here because it's our sworn duty to the fine listeners of the tone-deaf audience, the women men, and non-binary folk who make up this fantastic community we've come to appreciate, love, and cherish. It's because of our love for these people, 
which is not unlike the love of a mother polar bear for her young, or a Japanese nerd for their manga. It's because of that intense, primal love we must foster the seeds of their trust with the life-giving water that is our devotion to them. It's our responsibility, our duty, nay, Kay, our privilege, to watch and regurgitate for their listening pleasure. Death Note, the musical. I'm still hung up on the polar bear reference. Mama polar bears love their young. They do, but polar we love our listeners. Our listeners are our young. Oh, okay. Polar bears are my favorite bear. Okay. That I always thought it. Oh yeah, no, I remember. Grizzly is mine. I like grizzlies. I just I like I like polar bears because they're cute. Together, it could be a growler bear. Our love is like a growler bear. Yes. <laughs> Two different worlds meeting together. Never meant to meet. <laughs> The peasants labor, <laughs> the grand home, eat... Oh, wait, no, sorry, wrong episode. <laughs> the only name I recognized from my research of the musical was... Frank Wildhorn! Yes! Courtesy of Kay and their hard work educating their swine of a husband. <laughs> Frank, who apparently is highly respected in Japan, who would have thunk, was approached to write the musical in 2013. Developed, uh, development for the musical was announced in December of 2013. Frank told the Japan Times, Until I was approached to do it, I'd never heard of Death Note, but I was immediately intrigued. Frank also said, my son told me I had to do it, as it would be the coolest thing I've ever done. As I started looking through the material, I soon realized what he meant. The musical received a New York workshop in April of 2014 in anticipation for the Tokyo premiere. An English concept album was recorded in December of 2014 before the Japanese premiere. Despite the original show being written in English, no English language production of the show has been announced. Death Note the musical, had its world premiere April 6, 2015 at the Nisei Theater in Tokyo, Japan and ran till April, two, uh, April 29th of 2015, so only ran for a month. Hmm. A Korean production also opened the following July in Seoul, South Korea at the Opera House of Singnongam Arts Center and ran from July 11th, 2015 to August 11th of 2015. The musical was one of the most highly anticipated musicals of the year for both Japan and Korea. Critics did give positive reviews regarding the singing, acting, and musical score. The stage scenery was criticized for being overly simplistic and the story for its attempt to cram 12 volumes of a comic <laughs> into 150 minutes. This'll be exciting. <laughs> so. So, it, it, that actually makes sense, though, that at least the music is critically acclaimed and all of that and the acting and the singing, because that's usually the case with these shows, is that even if the story sucks, it's like, but the singing was good, and the librettist and composer were amazing, so I can see that, and also Frank motherfucking Wildhorn. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually quite intrigued. <clears throat> I think it's interesting that, uh, it just, it makes, I don't know, it's, it's one of those when worlds collide kind of things, because yeah. it's like, it means that Somebody in Japan who wanted to make this musical was like, I know exactly who I want. Mm -hmm. Frank fucking Wildhorn. I want yep. him to do the music. And so I just imagine him being approached by it. And he's just like, Japan wants me to do a music, want me to write music for a Japanese musical. I just imagine his mind just being. Boom, yeah. But uh, given, I don't know. I it, it's I'm 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 uh, I'm a little titillated. I'm excited to me too watch the show because. Uh, 
I do like the anime. Mm-hmm. And even if the show is, if the stage production is not as good, I still think it will hopefully be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, so that's the thing is, you know, there was not a whole lot to look up in terms of the actual musical. Yeah. Which is why I gave everybody the info dump of the manga and anime. Which I appreciate because I didn't know most of that. So, yeah. I wasn't, I I had, my first exposure to Death Note was uh, Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even, you know, I, I tend to assume that every anime starts as a manga just mm-hmm. because... I'm ignorant, and I assume that. Yeah. Uh, plus, like, all of my favorite anime started out as manga. Yeah. So I just kind of assumed that Death Note was a manga, but I never knew for sure. And then doing this research, it was like, oh, this was very popular from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I can see why. It's also a good little uh, relationship test, which I don't know if that was in your notes at all or not. I figured, since we tend to give uh, spoilers... That'll... After we watch mm-hmm. the show, that we will do any additional commentary regarding oh, yeah. that note when, yeah. we, when we do I, our review. I just, I hope that people who are listening know that there is a relationship test with this. Oh, there absolutely is, and we will cover it. Yeah, we, we will, will cover it. it extensively with that. I'm excited, though, because I, so, I've not watched as many foreign language musicals as I would like. The most that I watched were Bollywood musicals. So I'm excited to watch a Japanese musical that, I mean, granted it's written by Frank Wildhorn, but still it's like exclusive to Asia because I don't know that it's, because it didn't say it was performed anywhere else. Did no, it? Well, uh, well, um, so it was performed just in the Orient because yeah. it was performed in Japan, uh, Taiwan, Korea, and it had um, Chinese actors in some of the productions as well, mm-hmm. but it didn't. I never saw anything saying it was performed in China. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been performed in Hong Kong, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's really cool, though. But I like... want I want to ask you because you were the one who had tracked down the version we're watching. Mm-hmm. Do you remember for what version we are seeing? Is it Japanese or Korean? I believe it's Japanese because okay. the one that I was able to easily find because i i found the korean version and i got excited and then i tried looking it up again and i couldn't find it and i don't know if it's just because i was fat fingering with my phone or not but um yeah the one that i found is i believe it's japanese with the english dubs for the uh for the songs like from the demo recording and people in the comments were saying that even though it's sad that they couldn't hear the Japanese singers, they said that the English dubs are still pretty good. Yeah, I do find it interesting that it was workshopped in English in New York, mm-hmm. but never got even a short American yeah. run. Because uh, I think that's something that might actually get some traction. It was. And given that it's it's not like... Spider-Man, where it's action-y, it's mm-hmm. the the content of the series is very psychological and yeah. uh, more morally discussive, like, you know, because they're talking about topics. The most action that generally happens is, let me write in this notebook. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, I, I mean, this is without having seen it, I feel like it might do well here. I really do, because it, just the sort of subject matter of the 
anime and the manga does tend to play well, anything that deals with morality tends to play well on Broadway, especially lately. And so, mm, mm. Even if even if they just did, like, the Japanese version, and you have... So if you go to the opera, they actually will put uh, the translation up on a screen. Oh. Yes, which we need to go see operas, too, because hmm, there are some that I really like. But um, that was something that I hadn't even thought about until I went to see an opera, and I went, this is pretty friggin' awesome. They could do that here. Yeah, they absolutely could do that here. I think they definitely could. And uh, if they wanted to do us a real solid, they would uh, film it mm -hmm. and put it online uh, for viewing. Yes. Even if it had a, a, a pay to, to view. Mountain Folk. Yes, I would. Uh, now, now I'm just thinking of all the possibilities. <laughs> all right. Well, this is the part of the show where we take a break from our wonderful listeners to go and consume media so that we can come back and, like like loving parent birds, regurgitate it for them into their opening waiting mouths. That's good radio right there. And that's our cue to exit. <laughs> We'll be back after a brief intermission. Hi folks, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our Patreon sponsors. Thank you to our stage crew sponsors, Jasmine Wu and Reagan, and our producer circle sponsor, Bianucci. Thank you so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Now let's hear a word from one of our favorite shows, History on Blast. Hello, and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show. So what did you think of the to of the uh, I almost said the tone deaf musical, the Death Note musical? That was so good. Oh my god! It was pretty good, wasn't it? That was so good. I think we were both a little surprised at yes. how how good it actually was. 
Frank Wildhorn, first off, I can't believe I ever even doubted you for a second because the <laughs> orchestration and everything is gorgeous. But the whole team, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I. it was really surprising. Like we were only, God, probably like half an hour into it and we we're both just like, this is really good. <laughs> this may have like shanked its way <laughs> up to my top area in musicals really yes just from a musical theater standpoint not necessarily as an adaptation of death note itself but just from a musical theater standpoint wow (laughs) it was a a, uh objectively it was a a good yeah uh, adaptation of a body of work and like i was telling you when we were watching it i feel like this is a really good one for people who have never seen Death Note to watch. Because if you have any, like if, say you don't like the art style of the anime, or you don't want to watch the live action movies, watch this version. Because it has the same message that it feels like the anime was trying to, and the manga were trying to kind of bring forward. Like, yes, it's very shortened. Very shortened. But it's still cohesive it doesn't feel if you know the source material it does feel rushed so i was trying to watch it like i hadn't seen it before i was trying for to do pacing that. Yeah. and i was like okay this if you have no interest in ever seeing the anime but are still interested in the story watch the musical and if you can find a version of the musical without the american su- or american dubs for the singing, do that because these people, oh my god. The entire Japanese staff oh. was in, or staff, uh, cast was incredibly talented. They were so good. What was funny is when they would, like, because every now and then, you know, it, the show would be going, be going, and then it would kind of fade to black really quickly and come back, and that would be when they were doing an English song over the, the Japanese one. Mm-hmm. And, the American singers were really good as well. Yeah. But the, the Japanese production was so good <sighs> so that you and I were kind of like, we'd be fine just straight Japanese with subtitles because yes. it was so good. Oh my it kind God. Of, it was a little jarring to switch between the English and Japanese. Yeah. like And oh my gosh, just every actor in that was so good. <laughs> there, I don't feel like there was really a weak... Uh, actor at all in this. They all did amazingly well. Um, So, uh, sorry, I am still taking in the show, so if you want to start our uh, talking about it. Yeah, because I am just like, I'll I'll gush about the musical theater stuff, but, ah. So, Kay, neither Kay or I uh, took notes for this show, um, which is definitely a a detour from, not a detour, but uh, different from how mm-hmm. we normally do them. But we couldn't really, because... It, it was it was a little difficult, because if we either one of us were trying to take notes with the subtitles, uh, it would have been hard, because you've got to be reading everything. Um, but it, it was really good. The story of Death Note begins with... At least I should, okay, I should say just the musical. I won't, I won't talk yeah. much about this stuff. But the musical opens up with a high school classroom... And the teacher is talking about how humanity is different from animals because we have laws and we have justice and we have a sense of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, this lone student 
stands up in the middle of the classroom to confront his teacher about how what is considered right and wrong does not always align with the law and justice is not always served by the law. And, and then it goes into, you know, his song of, I want to live in a world where true justice is, is dealt out to yeah. the scum of human civilization. And that's when we're introduced to our main character, Light Yagami, who is a very intelligent honor student in Japan and uh, is kind of fed up with mm-hmm. with all the injustice in the world. And, and then after the initial song and dance from the classroom, we are treated to an ethereal other world, this, this other life, this mm-hmm. other world. And we meet uh, the two Shinigami of the story, uh, Ryuk and Rem, who My are... precious Rem. Rem. I love Rem. Rem was really good. At, like, they were both really good she in this. She was amazing. They were both, like, Ryuk was really good in this, too. He was funny, but I really liked Rem's character design. Mm-hmm. She just looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get the... We get to meet the Shinigami, who are hanging out in this uh, Shinigami world. And for those of you who might be curious, Shinigami, I guess, literally translates to God of Death in mm-hmm. Japanese. Uh, so they're hanging out in the death universe, and they're just watching Earth. And half of half of the Shinigami are complaining about how boring humans are, and how much they don't want to do their job of killing humans. And mm-hmm. the other half are just gambling and and yep. being bored because I guess being an immortal god of death is pretty boring. It, you know, immortality would be boring after a while. Yeah, hint, 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 hint. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, this whole musical, I'm looking over at Warren, kind of like, mm-hmm, why'd you pick up those post-it notes? They fell out of the sky, and I was curious. You don't pick up random things that fall out of no, the sky. We established that they were fake, so stop yelling at me. Mm. Um, so Ryuk is bored, hanging in the Shinigami world. He doesn't. He's tired with the status quo, gamble, write down human lives, sleep. So he decides to spice things up a bit, and he drops a death note through some board portal or membrane they don't really show it but it falls through dimensions and lands mm-hmm. in the human world and who discovers this fallen death note but our main character light yagami who picks up the death note and proceeds to open up the cover and see the rules written within it that uh, any human whose name is written in the death note will die within 40 seconds, and you can cause a specific death if you want, if you write it immediately after, and da-da-da-da-da. And at yeah. first, he's just like, eh, what is this? Some kind of stupid joke. And then a TV on the campus comes on, and, oh, there's this crazy person who's holding a classroom full of kindergartners hostage. Mm-hmm. And he's like, huh, I wonder, uh, well, I guess this we can test this, you know, because it comes up and it's like, so-and-so who is a convicted felon and missed and frequent doer of bad things has mm-hmm. done another bad thing. So Light's like, okay, I'm going to give this a test. And he writes it down. And the entire time he's like, huh, what a silly novel concept. And then all of a sudden the news comes back on and the kids ran out of the building. Everyone's safe. Cops mm-hmm. didn't fire a shot, but they found the perpetrator dead in the classroom. And Light Yagami then is like, oh my God, this booklet works. I yeah. have unlimited power. And that actually reminds me, there was one thing from the very beginning that I want to bring up that was so good. So it starts off 
you see a clock ticking down from 40. Yes, that's right. Ah! That was a good touch. Yeah. Because if you just write someone's name in the death note without instructions, mm-hmm. they'll die within 40 seconds. And so that was a good touch. Just yeah. having the 40 second t- countdown. And I want to bring up, like, the set was simplistic, but they still made really good use of it. Didn't like, they? I'm sitting here going, this is fine. This oh, yeah. is great. Like, what made me laugh is... is uh. The I have a hard time giving this show, just from a musical standpoint, any um, stiff criticism because the actors were all really good. The singing yeah. was really, really good. The story, while incredibly condensed, because the story mostly feels like it's pretty good pacing for the first half, absolutely. And mm-hmm. then the last half is where they're trying to kind of expedite it and tie yeah. it up. Uh, so I did notice a bit of kind of a disjointed feeling in the latter half of the show, mm-hmm. but that's to be expected because I yeah. was actually kind of wondering how they were going to finish the show. Uh, and then it kind of happens rather quickly and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. this is a, a pretty good way to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, when they it were... goes without having the whole last season of Death Note. Yeah, but they did a really good job with the, the blocking of the stage. Like I know that that was a concern in one of the reviews that I had read, at least from the Korean production. I don't know. If it was changed a lot, but in the Japanese production we wa- we watched with their use of these background large panel uh, television screens is the only way I can put it. It, just... it was projections on like a cyclorama type okay. thing almost, or what, what Kay, a big a big sheet on the back that they were projecting stuff onto. What Kay is saying, I thought they were TVs, but Kay knows it, the it, stuff. It looked at times to be like it was projected onto that screen, it but probably it could was. have been. I mean, in reality, it probably was, because they did have a few pieces of, of set stuff that they would push on stage and move mm-hmm. around and stuff, but they overall did a really good job of using the same uh, pieces in different yeah. ways. And But also, the thing I noticed was their use of lighting. They could yes. They could darken the back and then shine a light so that you could only see, like, the front part of the stage, mm-hmm. and then they would, like, lighten the back and it would be a whole new area yeah like just the the practical effects that they used on stage i was just blown away like yeah it, same it, it, i was i don't know what i didn't know what to think about going into this show same i honestly think that i had just lowered my expectations so low mm-hmm. that they had nowhere to go but up but even if i had high had uh high expectations i think it probably would have been Maybe a little bit lower, maybe around those expectations, because it just, it was good. Yeah. Like, it just, it, objectively, it was good. It was very well done. And so, with with the uh, set pieces, what was I going to try to bring up? Hmm. I'll remember it later. Okay. Let's keep going. Sounds good. <laughs> so, after Light Yagami finds out that the Death Note is a legit piece of supernatural... Uh, Murder book. Murder book, yeah. He then decides, okay, well, the next logical step is I'm going to kill everybody in the world who I deem to be evil. And that's kind of where uh, we start to see the gradual and then steep decline of our main character's sanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, he his father, Light Yagami's father, is a police detective. And Light being the super intelligent guy that he is, he's able to guess his... He's able, basically, he's able to hack his father's credentials and get into the uh, Japanese police department's records. And there he's able to see, you know, 
criminals who maybe are on death row. I don't know if they have a death row there. Anyway, he's mm-hmm. able to see criminals who have done heinous things and what their names are and pictures of their faces. So he's just like, all right, going to go to town. Writes down a bunch of people and and uh, the, the death count starts coming in. And, of course, it's all very suspicious, these people just dying of heart attacks kind of within the same time space, which draws mm-hmm. attention to of the police, who are like, ah, we don't know what's going on, but this doesn't seem right. Yeah. So they start to investigate it, and uh, as more and more people are dying, they end up eliciting the help of this world-renowned mystery detective known simply as L. Um, L takes only takes on cases that he is personally interested in, mm-hmm. and this... And the mystery of the uh, murder book happens to be yep. intriguing enough that L decides he's going to t- take part in the investigation to try and catch this killer, who the uh, media has dubbed Kira, which is, I killer. guess, which means killer in, in a direct translation. So I, I love that, like, the cult of killer is kind of what it is, yes. because later in the show, like, just lo- the mob is kind of like we love killer because killer is killing people yay mm-hmm. killer hooray killer hooray killer and uh but at that after that point after light's been killing a few criminals that's when the shinigami ryuk tracks him down and light gets a little bit of exposition about you know gods of death are real there's in this universe there's no heaven or hell there's just nothing all people go to the same place mm-hmm. one thing that they did leave out of the show that actually is in the anime is that there is a rule in the death note that says any human who uses the death note can go to neither heaven or hell yeah so that is something they changed from the source material was in the other stuff they're like yeah heaven and hell are real but if you yeah. use a death note then you basically go to purgatory i think or limbo or you cease to exist or you cease to exist my personal theory is that that might be how shinigami are made Uh, oh no i don't like this theory (laughs) i don't like this theory at all and we all know why by the end of this think about what you just said that's (laughs) terrible so um, don't wish that on this universe (laughs) so uh after light meets ryuk and ryuk gives him a bit of an info dump about uh who he is and where he comes from and uh, it is funny when light's like well i'm you know a genius and da 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 like who else is better poised to better positioned to bring about this global change by mm-hmm. getting rid of all these people and ryuk is kind of like chose like no i just i just dropped it into the human world you just found it by luck yeah and uh they don't cover it as much in the show but that's when light is kind of like oh well this just proves that I'm mm-hmm. destined for greatness because he's so up his own asshole with self-importance. Yeah. I I do love how the actor who played Light, you really, he did a good job of showing that thought process with him. He, and Yeah. Uh, he, he, did just, a, he did a good job of being like your normal everyman who's not necessarily like... Uh, assuming or anything like mm-hmm. that but then you he would have those moments where like you would see it and then like oh he's got that you know kind of the yeah. madness about him which was definitely something in the anime that they could have with light being a uh just in like true sociopath fashion mm-hmm. like it's like oh he seems so nice and quiet mm-hmm. turns out he's the biggest mass murderer of all time <laughs> yeah. uh that's when his sister comes yeah, in uh, with the do you want to take it from there? Uh, so his sister comes in with tickets to celebrate. It was his... College entrance. Exam. Yeah, his like college entrance Acceptance exam. to some college. Like, probably the best college in Japan. Like yeah. Like, probably that, because light's, you know, so great. And so she's like, oh, I've got tickets for Misa Misa. We're going to go see her. And 
I it was funny because it's been a while since I've seen Death Note, so I forgot about Misa Misa, and then I see her and I'm like, "That's right, I love this character, and I'm so sad about what's going to happen to you." <laughs> You poor, poor girl. Just run. Just start running right now. Get away. Yeah. Get away, get away, get away, get away. Yeah. But then uh, you had... It was great the scene where we first see her performance with uh, with Ryuk just joining in at times. Just I, Ryuk was so good in this, The guys. Shinigami were both really oh good. Oh my gosh. Like, in this universe, um, normal people can't see... A Shinigami yeah. unless they've touched a Death Note, in which case you can only see the Shinigami that is bound to that Death Note. Yeah, and there's a great line when uh, hit when Light's sister comes in and Ryuk explains to Light that she can't see him unless she touches the Death Note. And he's just like, that would have been a good thing to tell me sooner. <laughs> he's like, forgot. Sorry, yeah. forgot. Sorry, forgot. Yeah, Ryuk has zero fucks to give for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. he's 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 a troll, really. He's just kind of like, yeah. I'm bored and I want to see what happens and I won't give you all the information because ha 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 ha. There's, ha. there's a reason he has the raven feathers and <laughs> the uh, anime and everything else because... He's a trickster. Yeah. He's a trickster, Shinigami. And uh, when they go to see, when Light and his sister, I can't remember his sister's name. I don't I think they ever either. say it in the uh, show either. No, or not, I mean, not the, the musical. Yeah, the musical. That's what I meant. Thank you. Um, and when they go to see Misa Misa, and she does this K-pop performance, you know, mm-hmm. or I guess J-pop. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's a cute scene. Like, it does, with the rest of the musical parts, it feels a little out of place but in the context of the universe it makes sense because yeah. they're going to a pop concert yeah so it makes sense but it's, it's she, very different from all the other songs she opens it with her uh dedicating it to kira and yeah stuff and you don't get why at first we don't and... find out yeah we don't know why initially but she's just like i want to dedicate this song to kira and she says some other words like our i don't know if she uses the word savior or our, she might call him just our hero yeah um and you don't understand why yeah. so it's really great how they don't really and i can't remember if it was in the anime as well and the manga as well that they did that but that you don't understand why she's doing that at first why she's so i do remember into him from the anime you don't know initially it's not until later but like uh Mm -hmm. well one thing was funny is during the misa misa's dance number ryuk since he's invisible to everybody else is like dancing on stage and just trying to be kind of silly yeah. Goofy. And it was it was pretty great. Um mm-hmm. and then after like as the scene transitions, Ryuk is like still singing the song that Misa Misa was yes. singing, and then he's like, Oh, that girl has so much energy. All right, I'm done, the kind of thing. Yeah. And then it goes back to Light and his sister talking and and uh Light is a little bit a little bit tickled that this pop star was thanking his alter ego for doing mm-hmm. stuff and he asks his sister about that. Oh, what did you think about this? She's like, Actually I didn't like that and he's like, Oh really? Why? She's like, well, I I don't think that what Kira is doing is right. Like yeah. he's still killing people, and then and then his sister has the greatest, yes. the greatest guilt trip song ever, where she's sing because she's like she's like I wish Kira was more like my brother yes. because my brother is so great and he always does what's right. Just drive that oh. knife into his heart before it totally crumbles away oh it was so funny though i just love the 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 tone of that song that it's just like mm-hmm. oh man it just made me laugh when it was going on but it's interesting too because during that song then we have misa misa singing as well 
about how she views Kira. So they're both talking about the same person, mm-hmm. just yeah. you're seeing the two different sides, kind of, in a way. Like, and it, it is one of the things, and uh, we find out better when we do get to know Misa Misa more, but it is one of the uh, conflicts between uh, viewers of the anime and, and readers of the manga and stuff, and uh, it's, it's one of those things of, um, is killing bad people bad in and of itself like because mm-hmm. it's one of those you get into that morally gray area where yeah. it's like if you kill a killer you know is it a sin or, you know if and it's not and it's different from like killing it like protecting yourself mm-hmm. in self-defense kira is going out and and killing people who are already in custody or yeah. you know except with the exception of the guy who was holding up a classroom full of kindergartners mm-hmm. and it, you kind of get into that that headspace of like is it okay? Is it not okay? And the thing that always kind of fucks me up a little bit is like, if that happened to me, like if a notebook, if mm-hmm. a death note dropped into my lap, would I use it or would I not? Mm-hmm. Like, cause it, it really plays into the, uh, unlimited, uh, uh, ultimate power, cor- absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I would like to believe that I wouldn't use it, but you never know. You never know until a supernatural device is plopped down in your lap. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> things things that are not meant to be touched by us mere apes. Yes, us mere mortals. Uh, so after Light's sister has her guilt trip song, um, I'm trying to remember specifically what happens after that, because I think after that scene, it does go into the police thing about the murders and L. Yeah. Like, like am, and I, am I on track with that? I believe so, because I think that that's about the point when he finds out that L is on to him and that, uh, and I think that's when the, uh, oh, what was his name? Lind Taylor? Yeah. So gets. That's when, um, Light is at home when just chilling with Ryuk, you know, doing his murder thing when, and the cops are at, you know, their base talking <laughs> about, murder thing. <laughs> talking about their plan to try and catch Kira and like, cause they're like, oh, what's L going to do? Da, 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 da. And then on the TV comes this emergency newscast. They're like, this is being broadcasted worldwide. And, mm-hmm. you know, I am Lind L. Taylor. You know, you might know me as L and I'm going to catch you, Kira, because what you're doing is bad and mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and he's basically taunting Kira on national television with his face and his name underneath. And so Kira's like, look at this fool. He thinks he's going to catch me. I'm just going to kill him. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold... That turned out to be a trap because yep. after uh, Kira kills Linda L. Taylor on TV, the screen you know changes and fades, and just this L is on screen, and we get to hear the real L mm-hmm. talking about how he's like, ah, intriguing, like you you really can kill kind of thing. You, and then he goes and he says, oh well, this person, you know, they actually were a criminal, so you didn't kill anybody completely innocent, and da 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 da. He's like, and I know that we said this broadcast was worldwide, but really we only it's aired only... we only aired it in this one specific region yeah. of Japan, in so the Kanto I, region. So I know where you are, kind mm-hmm. of thing. He's like, we were gonna air it, you know, isolated incidences in different parts until we found you, but you're so arrogant and full of yourself, we <laughs> yeah. found you right away, and that's kind of where 
in the anime, they do a better job of showing it, but in the stage show, you do see the part where Kira shits himself just a little. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he, everything is going his way, and he thinks he's so smart and so brilliant and destined for all this thing, all this great stuff. And then he's confronted with his antithesis, who really, uh, you know, it's the first time that the immovable, ob- that the uh, unstoppable force hit an immovable object. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of where the the true conflict picks up is this battle between is Kira going to find out who L is or is L going to find out who Kira is first? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh... Yeah. And let's see. I think it's close to that time. Maybe it's a little bit after that that L also picks up on the he's only killing after school yeah because <laughs> he's the, a high school student because after after the police force um sees l's initial play against kira with the lindell taylor move they're kind of like oh well you know we don't agree with his methods like he still sacrificed a person and, and mm-hmm. stuff like this and how do we know we can trust him how do we know he won't sacrifice any of us to catch yeah. kira and and then that's when light yagami's father who's the police detective starts talking about that you know, Kiro was having him look into the times of death and, and uh, that he thinks that it's a high school student because the mm-hmm. times match for when people were, uh, students were out of class, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So, like, already out of the gate, they have a pretty narrowed field yeah. of view. And uh, I think that might be around the point after where we see Misa Misa again because we yes. see in the distance another death note falling into mm-hmm. our world. Oh, that's after, um, cause, uh, Light's father comes home and talks to him before okay. that point. And they're talking about, oh, have you made any breaks in the case? And that's when Light finds out that they think it's a high school student. So after that, he starts timing out the deaths, like writing in advance, this person dies at 9, this person dies at 10, this yeah. person dies at 11. And he's killing one person every hour, basically. Yeah, and what I love with that, because I think it's after that point that the police see L in person for the first time, if I remember right. I think you're right, because they're bitching about L, and that's when he kind of shows up. And... Yeah, and is sitting the way that... I sometimes sit in a chair because it's impossible to sit correctly in a chair, but I don't believe that it helps with cognitive processes. I'm going to call him. For him, him. sure. But (laughs) L.L. is a quirky individual and he, his body language is odd and he sits weird and he holds things odd. Like Mm -hmm. he's just a quirky individual. And that's kind of, it's one of those things like, you know, he's, he's, he's brash and he doesn't really have people skills, Mm -hmm. but he's so uh, intuitive and insightful that he's just a crack investigator. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like that that weird balance of he's super good at this, but he has no friends and nobody likes him because he pushes everybody away because he's so abrasive, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And when he meets the rest of the police department, he immediately just comes out and tells Light Yagabi's dad, he's like, yeah, I think your kid is Kira. Yeah. And they're like, what? But why? And they're like, well, behavior's changed. You know, we thought it was a student because of the time of the deaths and all of a sudden, you know, the deaths change kind of thing. And mm-hmm. and he's, he's like asking everybody, who have you talked to? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, none of us. We haven't talked to anybody. Like, none of us are compromised. You think we're working with Kira? How dare you? Yeah. Uh, and... So I, okay, so it is about that part that we see. Me yeah, because because um, after that scene, uh, we have a really great song between 
Kira and Elle. And it's one of many duets that they do that I'm just like, y'all are so freaking talented. Yeah. Holy shit. For real. <laughs> Holy shit. And, uh, cause yeah, they, they just harmonize perfectly in it. And they're basically talking about they're going to be the one to catch the other mm-hmm. one. And, uh, I want to say it's before the second death note falls, um, that we have, there's a scene that made me go, Frank motherfucking Wildhorn, I love you. <laughs> and it's the scene with all of the police investigators deciding whether or not they're going to stay. Yeah. And, oh, so that was the scene that put this above Scarlet Pimpernel, which was originally my favorite Frank Wildhorn. That is what put it above that. So before the scene Kay's talking about, I remembered there's a part where they where the news talks about that the FBI has sent over yes. a bunch of investigators to try and catch Kira because Kira's killed like over a hundred criminals that are in the US and so mm-hmm. this it's an international issue. And uh, Kira's like, Oh no, hmm. Well, I'm just going to go to social media and he's able to find out the name of one FBI agent because of his wife's social media profile. And so he tracks down that FBI agent and he's able to, by using the death note, get that FBI agent to give him the names of all of the other FBI agents. Yeah. One swift move, Kira is able to kill all of the FBI agents who came over to try and catch him. Mm -hmm. And it's at that point that we goes back to the, the Japanese police officers who were like, all the FBI agents are dead kind of thing Mm -hmm. like this. And that's when they're like, Kira can, you know, he'll kill people. He'll go after others. You know, I've got a kid. Anyone who's in his way, he'll just kill him. He'll just kill anyone who's in his way. And in the anime as well, that's for me, that's when I stopped. Mm -hmm. That was that for me. That was when Kira moved from being gray to dark in Mm -hmm. terms of like alignment. Yeah. Because once you start killing law enforcement, I mean, mm-hmm. even though these people are trying to get him and yada, 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 like once you start killing innocent people, yeah, like that's when you've crossed that moral event horizon mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think that the story, if, if Kira had never killed any police officers or any innocent or people. any innocent people, the story would have been very different. But because mm-hmm. he gets so goddamn drunk with power, mm-hmm. he's like, anybody who stands in my way is yep. an enemy against God because I am the God of the new world. And just, just cuckoo, mm-hmm. cuckoo, cuckoo. Uh, yep. Kay and I have a test that we like to administer to people. Um, it's the death note it's test. It's the death note test. If you watch this anime or the show or anything with anybody who, uh, and, and they've never seen it before and they just love light and they think light Yagami is the greatest character and da, 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 da. Run. Run. D- break up with that person. Uh, cut them out of your life because they're fucking crazy. Yeah. Run like hell. That, that's, it's, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, anyway, that, that <laughs> tangent aside. Yeah. Uh, the scene you were talking about where the, the officers are having their will we stay or will we go basically mm-hmm. is a really good scene. Like, not even just, cause, so from a music standpoint, beautiful. Holy fucking shit, beautiful. And then the actors delivering it just, I got chills. I'm getting chills thinking about that scene and I'm just like, 
this this should have had more attention. You know, it is crazy to me that it only got a month run in Japan and a month run in Korea because I'm like watching it. And I'm like, this is really good. And yeah. I was really happy that the production that they put available for us to watch on YouTube was as well done as it was. Like it was, yeah. the videography was really good. The subtitles were really good. They even color coded the subtitles for different characters yes. so that when people were talking, excuse me, or singing over one another, you knew mm-hmm. who was saying what. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was so well done. So yeah. So after uh, that scene, I think is when we start getting closer to where I was going we're getting to intermission. We're getting to intermission. They're gearing up. <laughs> now, for a... do you... Does, oh, I think you might... I think Nisa Misa might not make her Shh. second appearance until after the first intermission, right? It's at the very end of the first intermission. Or of the intermission. Oh, that's right, because they pick it up when they come back. Yeah. So, because in... Um, so after... It seems like, you know, no one's able to catch Kira, and there's a couple of different times where you'll have a crowd, and the crowd will, like, be holding newspapers, and they're basically singing about Kira and how criminals are on the run, and the wicked are afraid, and da-da-da-da-da. Because mm-hmm. uh, Mass Appeal, your general average person, really is in favor of Kira, because he's... You know, unless you're in the law enforcement field, uh-huh. he hasn't killed anybody who isn't a violent yeah. offender. And uh, they even make a comment in the show that uh, crimes have gone down by like 64%. Yes. So it's like his actions are having an immediate uh, impact. Um, and and after that kind of, I almost want to call it a train station song because mm-hmm. the way the lights and stuff where it was like people were singing and dancing in the subway. Hmm? So going back a little bit, that reminded me of how they showed the uh, FBI agent killing himself. Jumping in front of the train. The way that they staged that was so fucking cool. They did a lot of cool tricks with light and shadow, for sure. And (laughs) Holy shit. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, you're totally right. It was a projector that was doing Mm -hmm. that stuff. Because then, do you want to describe how it went? So, you had him... You have the scene where uh, Kira comes up to the FBI director... And basically gets him to write everyone's names. And he's like, you were already going to do that. Even if you didn't want to, you have to. And then says, and after you've done that, you're going to step in front of a train. And at like 1113 or something like that. And so you see the guy after he writes down the names, he turns and starts walking back as you see the lights moving in a way that looks like a... Subway train. Yeah, the way going that, past the way that the lights of the shadow and everything was spaced is it looked exactly like a subway train going by, and you can mm-hmm. even see the brakes in the different cars. Yeah, and then he just sort of disappears as the train gets louder and louder, and they focus on Light's face, and that's where you kind of see the I've completely lost my fucking mind <laughs> yeah. on his face because this actor is fucking brilliant. I've and gone dear mad God, with power. So good. I've gone mad with so power. So that was just when you had mentioned the lighting, I was like, and and stuff. I was like, oh, I need to talk about that. Yeah. So back to intermission. Yeah. So we're jumping back around a lot. But after they have the crowd has their We Love Kira song, The Criminals Are on the Run, that's when we see the second death note fall out of the sky, you know, and land and spotlight on it and that's when Misa Misa comes around the corner and finds it and picks it up and she's like death nota and like huh and then that's kind of when it fades 
And then when it comes back from the intermission, it picks up right there again. She, you know, has the death note. And that's when she meets Rem, the owner of that death note. Mm -hmm. And uh, she freaks out a little bit. But then Rem kind of explains to her what happened. Because Misa Misa apparently, like, because you see her kind of come running on the stage and she looks concerned. And what it turned out is that a stalker was after her. And mm -hmm. so she was kind of freaking out and she ran into a crowd to try and get away from the stalker, but we don't see the stalker. And what had happened is that a Shinigami in the Shinigami realm named Jealous, who uh, has been watching Misa Misa for years, had fallen in love with her. And mm -hmm. he had seen that she was going to die and he broke the the number one rule of the Shinigami, which is uh, basically it can't fall in love with a human. You can't mm -hmm. do something to prevent a human's death. Yeah. But because he was in love with her, he he wrote down the killer's name in his death note. And and because he did that, he turned to sand and just disappeared. Yeah. Which left his death death note without an owner. And so Ren, Rem uh, decided to give it to Misa Misa because she's like, I think he would have wanted you to have this. Yeah. And... Uh, Misa Misa, she, there's some interesting, there is a really interesting dynamic between Misa and Rem, because mm -hmm. there's some kind of, uh, Rem makes a comment to Misa, so pure. Yeah. Because uh, Misa isn't a, and that's, and that's kind of, yeah, and that's where we find out Misa's backstory, which was that when she was a and why she loves Kira so much, because she says, you know, I have a death note, like, I want to I wanna try and find Kira, I want to meet Kira. Mm -hmm. And Rem is like, are you sure about that? And then she talks about that when she was a kid, when she was like eight, her parents were killed in front of her, and she mm -hmm. thought she was going to die too, but the man was apprehended, and the trial dragged on so long, and then there was talk of him being released, you know, oh, the only witness was a child, is she still credible? Mm -hmm. And then before, you know, but then he died in jail. Under yeah. the same mysterious circumstances that other criminals had at the hands of Kira. And so she was like, justice has been dealt. Like, you know, the law was going to let this murderer go, but Kira dealt him justice. Mm -hmm. Like, I will forever be in Kira's debt. And she has some emo stuff about how since my parents died, I've never felt joy even when I was pretending like I did. You know, I never yeah. felt joy until I heard that Kira killed that murderer. And then that was the first time she felt joy. And mm -hmm. so she's... She's a, she's an interesting character, but she is a little bit one-dimensional in that she is yeah. like, she's a little unstable too, but it's one of those things of like, this kid has had so much, has had serious trauma in her life. Yeah. And I, I would probably have gone toward, not quite to the extreme that she had, but definitely if I had seen my parents killed in front of me at a young age, that probably would have fucked me up forever. So well, and who knows? And then all of a sudden, this supernatural figure appears on the scene and is mm -hmm. killing criminals and kills the person who murdered your parents. And yeah. you feel, you know, gratitude towards this person because the criminal justice system might have let them go. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like it's it's definitely it's that's one of the things I do really like about this show and the too. series is just how morally gray it is. Yes, um, that a lot of that you can have a lot of different perspectives about it. Except for the perspective that Kira is a uwu angel who never does anything wrong, he's a fucking psycho. Yeah, do uh, 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 uh. so. So then the the bit that they have where she's getting the shinigami eyes is just oh, one of my favorite things. Like the way that they acted that, the way that that whole scene was written. That was really interesting. Oof. 
because Rem is big telling, oof because she's like how will I know uh Kira when I see him and she's like oh well there is a way you know if you see him with the Shinigami eyes and mm-hmm. she basically explains to her that if you have a Shinigami's eyes you can see the name and lifespan basically just meaning when a person will die mm-hmm. uh, or how much time they have left um you can see the name and lifespan of every any person you look at but the cost of getting the Shinigami eyes is half of your lifespan mm-hmm. and she talks about well I've thought I was going to die when my parents were killed and I've never felt like, you know, I've never felt whole until this happened. Like yeah. I'm willing to give up half of my lifespan so I can help Kira mm-hmm. kind of thing by having the Shinigami eyes. So she does that. And the way it is choreographed is it is the way I could describe it is it is creepily, creepily beautiful. Yeah. Because you have this specter of Rem, like kind of draping herself and moving, uh, uh, Misa's arms around and like putting her hands in front of her face. Like it's just, it's choreographed really well. Yes. Like it's, it, yeah. And, <laughs> and after she does that bit explaining the eyes and Misa's like, I do, I want it. Give me the eyes. And, mm-hmm. you know, thing fades. I'm trying to remember what ha- where it goes after that, after it fades from that. Um, I think that that is when Misa Misa does the broadcast saying okay. like, that's when it's it basically the police are at their area and Kira's at his area. And then yeah. that's when the broadcast comes on from some news station. And it's like, we received, you know, an, an envelope with a tape from Kira, or they say, you know, there's a second Kira now. Yeah. And that's when the second Kira is saying, I want to meet you, Kira. Mm-hmm. And in a really dumb this thing that does make me laugh, especially in the anime, they cover it more. But Misa Misa does a lot of, silly things in terms of like i want to meet you meet me here yeah we'll, we'll show meet each other this very public place we'll show each other our gods of death yeah. and like, i'll show you yours if you show or i'll show you mine if you show me yours yeah exactly <laughs> and uh but they end up meeting and mm-hmm. misa is able to identify kira because she can see his name but no lifespan uh, and that's a sign of the owner of a death of note. The owner of a death note. So she approaches him and stuff, and he touches her death note. She touches his. They're able to see. <laughs> hey, they're two young people. They're, ex- I mean, they're both single. They're experimenting. I mean, <laughs> what's wrong with two young people touching each other's death notes? <laughs> My wife Shit. is so immature, you guys. God damn. <laughs> Man, I mean, I f- it's weird when I feel like I'm the mature one in the relationship. I mean, it's just... Uh, do you folks see what I have to deal with? So, after uh, they do a little quid pro quo with each other's uh, death notes, uh, they basically get introduced to each other's Shinigamis, and Rem straight up threatens to light, if you endanger her, I will kill you. Yeah. And, and Misa's like, oh, that's Rem. She's a little overprotective of me. And then Light's like, yeah, that's Ryuk. He doesn't seem to give a shit about me. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryuk's like, nope. <laughs> and uh, that's when they like, and and then Light tell after he finds out that she has a Shinigami eyes, she's like, oh, well, this guy, you see that guy over there, this trench coat who looks really suspicious? He's been following me. You know, he's mm. an enemy to Kira and our cause. Like, I want you to kill him. And she's yeah. like, but I've never killed. If you love, and that's when Light goes into his full on, abusive motherfucker because this this woman is head over heels in love with kira and he's like oh i can use this to my advantage Mm -hmm. and he just manipulates the shit out of her to get her to do what he wants yeah and it's just if by this point in the story you don't fucking hate light then okay it's for the greater good 
It's for the great, all the evil that he does is for the greater good. So it's okay. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Misa, you know, she reads the person's name and Kira's like, oh, well, don't kill him now. Like, just go home and write him in your book and kill him then. So people don't see you doing it. And, uh, that's, and after that happens, then it goes back to the police and, uh, there's a confrontation between, um, Light's father, I can never remember his name, and L, where... L basically tells him that I had your son followed, and the guy who well, that's when he basically confronts. He's like, "You still think that that because uh, you've put cameras in my house and mm-hmm. you da da da, and you've been monitoring my family, trying to find out whether or not my son is Kira? You know, it's been seven weeks. How can you still think that he's Kira?" And then L is just like, "Well, I had your son followed the other day, and the investigator who followed him is dead." Yeah. Kind of thing. So he's like... Jumped in front of a bus. Yeah. He waited for the bus and then jumped in front of it once it arrived. Yeah. So it's like, and they're just kind of like, well, so what are you going to do now? He's like, well, your son was accepted to this college. I'm going to enroll and uh, be his classmate so I can keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. Just basically, he's just like showing his hand. Kind yeah. of is what he does. And and then I think that's when it then goes to uh, the school yes. and they do the acceptance thing and they're like we had two students who had perfect scores on their exams and I mm-hmm. love someone from the crowd how is that even possible yes <laughs> and then that's when they invite up Light Yagami and uh, L but he's under a, a pseudonym mm-hmm. of a pop star oh he is okay. yes I, I think I missed that part oh that's right no they do say that oh it's spelled the same way and everything like yeah he's got <laughs> using the name of some pop star and uh, and I love that Light basically straight or uh, Kira basically, <laughs> geez, sorry, L yes. basically straight up tells him, "Oh, you're Detective So and So's son. I think you're Kira, and I'm L." Yeah, and he just because he's like trying to gauge his uh, reaction to know whether or not. So he's like, maybe if I just throw some shock factor out there, I can see. But then they have the whole song about how, oh, well, Light's playing it cool. You mm-hmm. know, he's not giving his position away. And Light's like, holy shit, that's L. I need to kill him. Yeah. And so they have they have really good scenes <laughs> oh together. Oh, my gosh. I love them so much. I, I ah, They're so good. Yeah, they they're have such... Ah. They have really good scenes together. And uh, I think after that part is... I'm trying to remember... Because... Because the the when you're trying to cram as much into a musical mm-hmm. as they do in this one, it does cut around a bunch. So I yeah. I think I'm missing something after that because the next thought I have is when they're playing tennis. That's the next thought I have too, oh, really? and okay. I swear that there's something in between. There as has well. to be something in between, and I'm sure it's talk about or it's the scene because uh, they do have a soliloquy with Light's father. And I can't remember if that happens in between the two scenes or not, where Light's father is basically singing about, you know, is my son Kira? I don't want to. That's right. Is yeah? I think that happens. It's either I think you're right after that, or it's in between. It's somewhere. It's somewhere about that point because when when. uh... L confronts him and he says, I think I'm doubling down on my belief that your son is Kira and I'm going to enroll and do this. Mm -hmm. And Light's father does have this song about, is my son, you know, Kira, is he the person that I know him to be kind Mm -hmm. of thing? But he stands by his son. He doesn't ever think his son is Kira at all. And he's like, no, my son is exactly who I know he is. He's Mm -hmm. a good man and da, 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 da. And so that's the soliloquy Mm -hmm. that you're talking about. And then uh, we have this, tennis match between light and uh 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Because the reason that happens is because Light is, or uh, L is talking to uh, Light's father, and he makes the comment that Kira is an extraordinarily poor loser, and he's yes. very brash and arrogant. Yes. And so that's when uh, L and Light have a tennis match. Mm-hmm. And I love that Light is like running all these things through his head. He's like, do I win? You know, oh, he'll, he might suspect me of being Kira if I win. Oh, but if I intentionally lose, then he'll see through it. And da 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 da. Yeah. And while Light's thinking all that stuff, L just does the opening move. Boom! 15 yeah. love. And he's like, haven't you heard of a warm up? He's like, he who strikes first wins first. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And they have their tennis match back and forth. And their, all their of the... song that's like loathing from uh, Wicked, but with less Kirsten Chenoweth. <laughs> Yeah, and, and they have their, their tennis match back and forth, and, like, slowly but surely, all of the school is gathering around. They're like, isn't that the two smartest kids in the whole school? Mm-hmm. They're playing tennis. Oh, my God, look, it's Light. He's so hot. Oh, my gosh, look, it's it's Ryuga, or whatever his name is. He's so hot. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it is kind of funny. And then after their tennis match, the two of them, they're, they're tired. They're like, oh, you know, good game. Light ends up winning, if I yes. remember correctly. And uh, they're kind of sitting down and... L tells him, he's like, I really hope you aren't Kira because I like you. He's yeah. Like, I actually, he's like, I like You're you. You're my first friend. You're my first friend and I like you and kind of thing. And and Light's just like, ha ha. He's like, I'm one step closer to killing you. Like, yeah. That's that's the point where like, fuck you, Light. Oh, no, there are points before that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But another <laughs> point where it's I'll just, fuck you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, And then that's when uh, Misa Misa shows up on the campus to be like, mm-hmm. oh, hi, Light. You're my boyfriend. And he's like, yeah. ah, that's right. I kind of am. And, yeah. And uh, uh, L goes up to Misa Misa and stuff because he gives her his name. But since she has the Shinigami eyes, she can tell that that's not really his name. Yeah. And Light has his song about, oh, I've won. This is my winning. Misa's seen his face and now we'll be able to kill him. I've won. And uh, Misa Misa's like, okay, well, I gotta go. Bye. And she goes off stage and and uh, Light's like, okay, see ya, L. And L's like, all right, bye. And, and he's like, okay, I need to call Misa and mm-hmm. get his real name and then I'll kill him. So he calls Misa and L answers the phone. And he's like, oh, well, someone dropped this phone. So I picked it up. And and Light's like, that's Misa's phone. I'll get, make sure that gets back to her. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry to tell you, but Misa's been arrested we suspect her of being the second kira and he's like what what that's that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. i think i would know if she was the second kira (laughs) and then they're like well based on the package that was sent to the news station we found trace elements of cat hair cosmetics and and they list all the things you know all of which were found in her apartment and And, uh, so they arrest her and then we get a creepy BDSM crucifixion. Thank you, Kay. I wasn't sure how to. How it was to... a BDSM crucifixion scene. Yeah. So. 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 <laughs> so Misa Misa <laughs> is tied to this metal cross, scantily clad, with a blindfold on, and she has this oddly bdsm song about hit me as much as you want inject me with whatever you want give me whatever drugs you're gonna give me i would rather die than betray kira mm-hmm. kind of thing and some of the dialogue in it is a little bit uh whips and chains if you get my mm-hmm. uh whips and chains excite me yeah <laughs> if you get my drift of that and rem is is around there while she's being tortured essentially and it, it 
they're not like torture torturing her but it's like sleep deprivation yeah solitary solitary and... stuff like that they're trying to wear her down to get her to to spill the beans and rem tells her actually she she asks rem to kill her and rem's yeah. like i can't kill you uh but the next best thing i can do is if you relinquish your control of the death note your ownership of the death note you'll forget all of this mm-hmm. kind of thing and, and and you'll be able to protect uh kira that way and but so it will be a one-sided love it'll be a one-sided love kind of thing and and she agrees to that and uh so she technically is is clear and free and clear now because she mm-hmm. has all of her memories of ever being involved white so how can she yeah confess to anything and during that scene um there the police are thinking she's hallucinating because she's talking talking to rem. to rem and i wanted to point out that the actress who plays misa misa is a fucking vocal powerhouse. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> holy shit. Oh yeah. She is fantastic. And that the even though the song is a little BDSM-y, it's still like Yeah, it's still really good. <sighs> like all of the songs are really good. Yeah. I mean it, it's Frank motherfucking Wildhorn. <laughs> and he did a really good job with the score. Like mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that there's no patter songs in this. No. Well, he doesn't do patter songs, really. He did do patter songs. No, that was Meredith Wilson did a patter song in Music Man. Bad Warren. No real... I don't know of any patter songs in his shows. Yeah, because just his general score, like, the music is really well done. His scores are just extravagant and beautiful, and that scene... Woof. Yeah. (laughs) After after that scene, um, I think it... I'm fairly certain it goes back to Light... And mm-hmm. he's talking with Ryuk, and Rem shows up, and he basically, he's able to mindfuck Rem into agreeing to kill L in mm-hmm. order to protect Misa. Because mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, Light basically is like, I will throw Misa under the bus. Yes. Like, I don't give a shit about her. Mm-hmm. You do. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to save Misa, you have to kill L for me. Yeah, and he, he like basically lets her know that she just sort of played into his plan to unfuck the situation for himself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you just, it hurts to see Rem have to do that. It just hurts. Yeah. It hurts a lot. Yeah, because she's basically, she commits suicide to save uh, Misa Misa mm-hmm. and the way that she does that is like because Light tells her okay we'll write down all these specific instructions da 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 you know and, and the final showdown and this like I had said the first half of the musical does a pretty good job at pacing uh, events that happen in the anime and stuff mm-hmm. and really I feel like it, it paces stuff that happens probably within like the first 10 episodes or so of the anime. Yeah. And then the last half tries to condense the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And so they had to cut out a lot of stuff that happens. They had to cut out an entire season. Yeah, basically. And, and the thing that they do with that is, is when Kira, Kira, not Kira, pressures Rem into killing L and she gives, and he gives her very specific instructions. That's when we're led to the scene that, okay, L arrives at this location or he leaves the, the police department with a gun you know heading here and he goes into this warehouse you know at which point he tries to shoot uh kira kind of thing and mm-hmm. so we see we see l in a in a coat and stuff just and he and he 
it's he does a good job like the the actor does a good job of appearing to be himself but you can tell through his mannerisms and his actions that he's a little bit zombified yeah a little under someone else's yeah, control he's, yeah he's not completely under his own control and you know so he goes all the way to this warehouse goes inside and kira is up on these on uh up, up these stairs and Elle's like, uh, I can't remember exactly the dialogue, how it happened in between them, but Elle's basically like, I know you're Kira and I'm here to kill you. Mm-hmm. And Kira's like, oh, don't you want to see my Shinigami first? And Kira's like, like taunting him and like, oh, look at my death note. This is how I kill people. Touch mm-hmm. it. See, that's my Shinigami, Ryuk. And, and Elle shits his pants just a little bit when he sees Ryuk, because he's like, holy shit, Shinigamis are real. Yeah. And I love that every time someone sees Ryuk, he's just like, yo. Yeah. He's just, hey. <laughs> and sup. Uh, sup. Yeah. And uh, then L shoots uh, Light, kind of thing, and you think Light's dead, and then he gets up, and he's like, ow, that hurts. Like, huh, this is all going according to plan. So you're under, you're led to assume that he's wearing, like, a bulletproof vest, mm-hmm. uh, even though he never shows it. But he's like, man, that hurts. And, and he's like, now you're you're going to shoot yourself because, you know, you're actually Kira and you didn't want to be caught and mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and L pulls the gun on him, but Kira's just laughing. He gets right up to him and basically has the gun pushed against his eye. And he's like, you can't do it because this has all been pre-written. Like, mm-hmm. I, I tricked a Shinigami into orchestrating this whole thing so that... Yeah. Da, 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 he just, I'm a bastard. Yeah, he does. he does the James Bond thing of like the bad guy revealing his whole mm-hmm. plan, his master plan to... You caught me monologue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, then he just puts the gu- He like, takes the gun in L's hand, puts it to L's own head, and L says, uh, he says something along the lines of, you might think this is the end, but it doesn't end here. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, and then, boom, he shoots himself and falls over dead. And then L and uh, uh, Light and Ryuk are laughing and joking around. Ryuk's just like, man, you really orchestrated this whole thing and you even got Ren to kill herself to save yeah. Misa Misa. He's like, wow, that is crazy. Like, good job. Mm-hmm. You know, congratulations to you. And Light's like, yeah, I'm going to be the god of the new world. Yay. And then that's when Ryuk is just kind of like, you know, I'm bored, but I'm kind of bored with this. <laughs> like, you know, I came down to Earth to get away from the monotony, but... There's just the same monotony down here. Write someone's name, they die. Write someone's name, they die. He's just like, it's boring. And so he pulls mm-hmm. out his death note and Light's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm writing your name down. Mm-hmm. He's like, but no, you can't do that. He's like, I told you when we met that I would be the one to, to write your name in my death note. Like, yeah. It's just the agreement. And he's like, well, we had fun for a while. We kept each other entertained. Like, mm-hmm. the way that Ryuk is just so condescending to Light in the yes. end is great. And then he just writes down his name. And then we have 40 seconds of Light squirming and being super dramatic about how he doesn't want to die. Mm-hmm. And then the 40 seconds. And second, hearing the clock and ticking the in clock his head. All the way down. He's like, because every tick, he's like, ah, in pain, you know, writhing in agony on the stage. And then. Finally, when the ticking stops, he just falls over dead. Mm-hmm. And that's and then we have uh, Light's father comes. Before that, Ryuk pulls an apple. Oh, out that's right. Of his yeah, that's right. Chest. At first, I thought he was looking for the death note, mm-hmm. but then he he recently pulls an apple out from Light's pocket and then just starts eating it. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if he says anything else. He does. Um... Oh, that's right, because he he talks about how. This is this is how things end. He's like, there's uh-huh. nothing. There's yeah, no meaning. There's nothing. There's no purpose. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And 
he's just like, that's you, it. You expect him to say, eat Arby's at the yeah, end of his monologue. Be a little more, yeah, nihilist Ryuk. No shit, man. Uh, and then he leaves, and that's when Light's father comes on stage, and Light's sister comes on stage, and they see Light's dead body, and they're mm-hmm. very upset, and they see Elle's dead body, and... There's a really cool way that they do it, too, because as Ryuk walks back, the... Uh, curtain comes up from behind to reveal the projector screen, which is just white, like this bright white light. And you just see the silhouettes of people as they start coming back yeah. onto the stage and as Ryuk leaves. And then, uh, like you said, Light's father comes on, Light's sister comes on, and she's devastated. Light's father looks more just stoic, which was one of my favorite uh, things <laughs> with Ryuk earlier on with his just He's so stoic. Stoic. (laughs) Stoic. And then, um, but as they're singing the song about, basically, you know, they're like leaves falling and turning to dust and things like that. The, I can't quite remember the lyrics, but it was very interesting the way that they were just saying like, yeah, we all die. (laughs) Yeah. And then Misa Misa comes in and she's at the top catwalk because there's a catwalk that goes across the stage and she's holding something in her hands and she turns towards the audience as the song's ending holds out her hands and you just see white sand coming from her cupped hands onto the stage and it was just like ow yeah that's supposed to be ram yeah it's and just ow stop ow and unlike jekyll and hyde they did give you a little bit of time to breathe with that last song <laughs> before the bows. Yeah. And then, you know, in uh, what I assume would be typical Japanese theater style, they do three sets of bows because <laughs> they're a very polite. So what it is, is that they were constantly being called back on because they got a fucking standing ovation. They deserve And it. so if you have that, you tend to do more bows than just one because they want you... It, it's just another big thank you to the audience for coming to see the show and you're accepting their praise and you're accepting uh, their their gratitude. It's sort of a back and forth between the cast and the audience. And so it happens in American shows too and in English shows where you'll have multiple uh, bows, like it just being called onto the stage because of, so much applause but um yeah it was it was so good so good you guys (laughs) i love this musical it was that god i was so surprised it was really really well done yeah i don't know i don't know if i mean i and it's kind of conflicting because the singers were really really good and the music was really really good Mm -hmm. so i have a hard time saying that i don't like it as much as like the anime because the anime i mean is fucking 37 episodes mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot longer to consume it and it's yeah. full of a lot more drama and intrigue and you know mm-hmm. character development um but the musical did such a good job of condensing it into a two and a half hour bite-size yeah. chunk and keeping the important stuff in keeping in everything that if you had never seen the anime if you had never read the manga this is enough to still get that story. Yeah. You don't get the second season because 
when they had Elle dying, I was like, how the fuck are they going to fit into the next part? Oh, what's actually kind of funny is I have a side note about that. Because mm-hmm. when I was doing my research, yeah, um, I came across an interesting thing that I was saving for after we reviewed this. Uh, let me get to it. So... Douglas Wolk of Salon Magazine said that a rumor circulated stating that the creators intended to create Death Note to last half as long as its actual run, and Oba and Obata had been persuaded to lengthen the storyline when Death Note's popularity increased, noting that the rumor makes sense about ha- since about halfway through the series, there's a point that seems like a natural ending. In addition, he said that fans wrote thousands of Death Note fan fiction stories and posted them on the internet in 2006. Japanese fans pointed out the similarities between Death Note and the 1973 one-shot, The Miraculous Notebook, by Hmm. Shigeru Mizuki. Uh, uh, Kami Press reports that that the only difference between the story and Death Note is that there are no Shinigamis interesting so but it does kind of make sense if you've ever watched the anime or if you like if if you like anime and you haven't seen death note i suggest you watch death absolutely note because it's it's it is really really good mm-hmm. uh if you watch till the end and you still think that light is an uwu angel who can do no wrong feel free to not let me know uh because i <laughs> Because you and I differ d- differ enough widely that I probably don't want to talk to you about <laughs> about the anime, uh, and also you probably scare me a little bit. So, <laughs> Light's a psycho. He is. He absolutely is. And the, one of the great things in the anime, the reasons I like it, is you get to watch his descent. Yeah. Because he starts off, and he's a, he's like he starts off not necessarily a bad guy, but then mm-hmm. you see him tip the scales yeah and you get to see the outcomes of in society of because of kira's intervention and it's 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 i think it's a very honest portrayal of the world we live in yes if it was collided with this particular scenario yeah and it's really interesting you saying that though about the intended ending like the rumor with that because that totally makes sense now, because I remember watching the anime, and once we got to when L died, I thought that that was, oh, we're finally going to have Light get his comeuppance, and then, oh, no, no, we get another season of... You see, and I, I do wonder, the original creators, what their intent was for Light in that. Like, did they like did they intend for Light to win in the end, yeah. or did they intend for Light to die in the end? Because I could see it both ways, depending mm-hmm. on the story you're trying to tell. Yeah. Uh, the anime, however, I absolutely love the way it ends. Yes. I think it ends beautifully, um, even if it is a little... Uh, uh, the last, I would almost say, the last, not act, like, I don't know, arc of mm-hmm. the anime is a little jumbled. Yeah. Um, but the actual climax and the way that um, mm-hmm. characters get resolved, I thought was really great. Yeah. Uh, and if they had ended it with just L dying, I don't know if I would have liked the series as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, sorry, now we're talking too much about the anime rather than the musical. <laughs> but I, I will the, say the musical, the way that the musical ended, I still liked a lot. Oh, yeah. 
I did too. I, I and liked that's it. that's closer to what I thought was going to happen when we were first watching the anime, and then I was like, oh no, we still have more. Probably not. <laughs> oh, that actually would have been great if it ended that way. Yeah! Like, like, L, like Light, Light is victorious through his double-dealing, backstabbing, and manipulating, and then Ryuk's like, ha yeah, but no. Like, I'm bored. Ryuk's just like, no. I'm bored. No, I'm no. taking my apple and going home. I'm, yeah, I'm taking my death note and going home. <laughs> you know, this has been fun while it lasted, but... Yeah. Your time is done. Yeah, no. Oh, but man. if uh, if you... I recommend that people check this out. It's yes, on YouTube. Please. They haven't taken it down. I think it's because the people who hold the rights just yeah. want people to enjoy it. And it's it's been up for a while. Because, I mean, when I first saw the Death Note... Uh, that there was going to be a Death Note musical... Or that there was a Death Note musical, I did start looking for it. And it's been up since, I want to say, 2017. So, nice. Yeah, so it's still on there. It's really good. Please, yes, check it out. It is a little off-putting when it switches between English and Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, I mean, the English singers are still really good. Yeah. But then the Japanese singers are also really good, so you kind of have this weird vibe, and I honestly wish that they would have just not included the English ones and mm-hmm. just kept it all Japanese just so it flowed better. I would have preferred that because I honestly enjoyed watching it in Japanese I did more. too. I did too. So, new petition from all of the Tone Deaf community. Let's, uh, let's get that show back and have it, uh, you know, more, more widely viewed, more than just a month run in Japanese. Well, like I covered in the beginning. We, we watch fucking Rossini and shit. We can watch Death Note in Japanese. <laughs> and it's one of those things, too. I, I kind of feel like... Uh, then again, who knows? Because of the Netflix, the ill-received <laughs> Netflix movie that yeah. had happened, maybe they're like, oh, well, we're not going to try and do an adaptation. But I actually think it could be adapted fairly well. I mean, as well, a musical, could, even on Broadway. They could just take this same musical and put it on Broadway and... You know, the hoity-toity rich folks that like to be all, oh, look, we're doing something special. Y'all can uh, pay for tickets to go see it multiple times in Japanese, because I feel like I feel like it's better that way, because things don't get quite as lost in translation, because some of the English lyrics felt a little bit... They definitely felt different from the yeah. Japanese ones. Yeah. It was interesting when we were... You know, when it, when we'd be reading the lyrics for when they'd be singing in Japanese versus listening when they'd be doing it in English, the Japanese lyrics, uh, I would almost say, seemed more poetic. Yeah. And they had more um, subtext to them. Yeah. Whereas the English lyrics rhymed. Yeah. You know? Because, you know, when you're reading a translation, stuff doesn't mm-hmm. rhyme because, you know, our words don't rhyme like their words do. And... So it's interesting reading the Japanese ones, and it's just like, wow, this really beautiful words, you know, in the meaning, and it's got a lot of subtext. Mm. And then when you listen to the English ones, it still sounds good, but it's a lot more of what you would expect from an American uh, mm-hmm. musical, like all the lyrics rhyme and stuff. Yeah. And, then... and it, it was one of those things where it's like, you know what? Bring it to Broadway in Japanese. Have, and I may get some hate, only cast Asian actors yeah please if, if you do not uh, whitewash this show you know and it's like if you want to ha- if you want to have background people or other people who are not fine asian fine but like the main cast like, the main cast has to be asian 
They have, and I, except L is technically British. Uh, yeah, but he worked fine this way. He did work fine this way. <laughs> it was good. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I know. So, uh, so, it was so good. So I, I know we've been kind of uh, going on and on about this. Yeah. But... So let's uh, get ready to talk about our next week's show. I'm pretty excited about this one because I was able to find a version with Angela Lansbury. Oh, shit, babe. Yeah? Can you go check the oven for me? Is something burning? Yeah, um, so in order to prepare for next week's show, I actually was making some meat pies, and so I think I left them in a little bit too long. So... What, what, what kind of meat pies? Uh, pork? You, you said that like you're not certain or you're afraid to tell me. It's pork pies. Oh. The other white meat. Oh, oh, okay. I guess I'll go check the oven. Thanks, babe. I can uh, finish this out for us. Um, so, thank you guys for listening. Um, oh, God, the fire! Oh, Jesus. Okay, uh, Warren's gonna go take care of that. Burning. Oh, shit. So, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we are gonna be doing Sweeney Todd next week. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, etc. with Tone Deaf Musical. Um, and, you know, thank you guys for sticking through with this experimental episode. I'm, I'm hoping that Warren's behavior wasn't too off-putting at the beginning. I, I know he can have some delusions of grandeur, but really, he's, he's really sweet, you guys, and... <laughs> sweet, is he? What? What the hell? Who the hell are you? I'm Kuba Ashinigami. I'm the owner of the Death Nope. Wait, the owner? You mean these sticky notes were legit, immortality and all? <laughs> oh no, they only cause the user to think they're immortal. It can be quite entertaining. Humans usually try to jump off buildings or walk in front of a guard to test it. But your Warren is either too stupid or not stupid enough. <laughs> so wait. You tried to make my husband kill himself by making him think he was immortal? Make? I didn't make him do anything. He picked up the death nope, and his stupidity within him was drawn to its promise. I don't make anyone do anything. It's against the rules. So, if you weren't specifically targeting my husband, then why were you here? <laughs> well, funny story. I was flying overhead and caught the scent of the most wondrous odor seeping from the bag your imbecile Warren was carrying. Watermelon, I think you humans call it. I just had to find more. Wait. More? We had a second one on the counter. Did you eat our watermelon? <laughs> Perhaps I did. Ah, what, ah, what, what are you doing? That was the last watermelon ah. Of the season, you freaky fuckface. How are you even hitting? Ah, this shouldn't be possible. Hell hath no fury, motherfucker. Now get out of my house before I pluck those chicken's wings of yours. Gah, no sense of humor among you humans. All right, I'm leaving, you crazy bitch. <sighs> Why does Warren always bring this crazy shit home with him? Oh my god, wait. Oh shit, is this thing still recording? Okay, um, sorry folks. 
Thank you all for listening. That'll be it for this week. Next week is Sweeney Todd. I'm Kay, uh, Warren's outside taking care of a fire, and this has been Tone Deaf. <laughs>